0: Cozy up and enjoy this wonderful masterclass on the major transits in our lives. No, in Hello and welcome to another episode of Goddess Hangs! Episode 101! Woo! Wow, I'm Sadie. And I'm Juliet. Obviously. Obviously. And we created the Goddess Hanks podcast to make the world of mindset, manifestation, and magic more relatable. And fun! And fun! I think I always switch around manifestation and magic. That's
1: okay. Keep us all on our toes. Keep
0: you on your toes, you know? Um, <laughs> so today we're going to dive right into such an amazing, uh, I was I would say interview, but more of a, master it's a class. masterclass. It's masterclass, baby. This is her second time on the pod. She's an evolutionary astrologer, which means... She's all about helping you reach your soul's purpose through astrology. She is so knowledgeable, so wise. The way she like, delivers what she has to teach is just... Amazing! You'll see us just in awe of her the whole time. She
1: has the most relaxing voice. Mm -hmm. She has a beautiful vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Some of these words, I'm like, I need to take note. I need to use (laughs) some of these words. She's brilliant. She's amazing. Sadie and I have both had individual readings with Diana. Mm -hmm. um, And she is the best. And a lot of uh, people in our community have also had readings. And so if you've been looking for an astrologer, um to look at the year ahead 10 out of 10 recommend diana we talk about all of the major transits and things that happen in our lives um these she mentions this happens you know throughout our lives at different ages but we're Mm going to mostly be talking about our 20s our 30s and a little bit into our 40s just because that's the typical age range of our listeners for this podcast But it's all very interesting, and it all makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
0: it's pretty mind-blowing when you go, oh, wow, that is what I was going through at that time. And. You have some things you get to look forward to. Oh my gosh. I am ready for, for that uh, Jupiter comeback. Yes. I'll tell
1: you
0: what. <laughs> Jupiter is our new favorite planet. So check out Diana. Her business is called North Node Coach. You can find her on Instagram at North Node Coach. Uh, her website is northnodecoach.com. We'll have all of her info in the show notes. And cozy up and enjoy this wonderful masterclass on the major transits in our lives. Enjoy. All right, goddesses, we're so excited. This is the second time Diana is joining us on the podcast. We haven't had very many uh, people join us twice, but Diana has just so much cool wisdom to share about astrology. We're so Mm -hmm. excited to have her back. Uh, So for those of you who haven't met Diana before, Diana, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and then we'll dive into today's topic. Great, thank you
2: guys so much for having me back on. It was such a good time. The first time I joined you all back when the podcast was still, it's pretty early days. Yeah. Yeah. I know you just had your 100th episode, so it feels like a really special time to get to jump back Uh. in. Um, contribute to what you guys are creating thank Um, thank you (laughs) you're welcome so I'm Diana Wesley I'm an evolutionary astrologer which means I focus on the soul's evolution um kind of coming from past lifetimes into the current left lifetime along with the evolutionary growth opportunities our soul has been given in this lifetime Um, and the way that we find those evolutionary opportunities is looking at the birth chart Most specifically looking at the north and south node of the moon, these two kind of karmic and dharmic points in the birth chart. Um, But the whole chart kind of tells us something about our growth potentials and opportunities, um, along with any of like the major transits that we experience. Um, We'll talk about things like the Saturn return today, um, but all of it from the lens of evolutionary astrology, is there to support our growth, there to support our evolution, there to make us um, better versions of ourselves in this
0: lifetime. Boo is excited (laughs) in joining us. I'm so excited. I love Diana's approach to astrology, and it's helped me so much on my own journey to understand, because we all know, like, our our sun sign or our big three Um, but before I met Diana I didn't know about the north and south node and it brought me so much understanding of like why I feel the way that I do when it comes to being drawn to certain things on my journey and my ultimate path and purpose. And um, I'm so excited to learn more about these big transits because I think the famous one is the Saturn return, but I honestly don't, I I couldn't name (laughs) another big one. So I'm excited to dive into this topic
1: today. (laughs) I know. I am too. There's, there's, I'm, I'm the exact definition of what Sadie just said about like, I can tell you my big three and I know a a pinch about Saturn return, but we have an expert among us today. So what will you be imparting on us today, (laughs) Diana? Um, So today we'll be mostly looking at some of the
2: major transits that happen between um, the planets in the sky where they currently are and our birth charts. And so um, the Saturn return that we mentioned a few times is really just Saturn returning to the point in the sky. It was at the moment of our birth. So um, Mm. Saturn was in some sign, some degree of that sign when we were born, and so when it completed. It's about 29-year transit. It comes right back to that same sign, that same degree, and that has an impact on us. It influences us. It encourages us to change, to shift, to grow in in new and different ways. Um, There's other planets that have returns, fairly regular returns, like Jupiter, which is every 12 years, which we'll talk about a bit today. Um, Some planets are slower moving in their orbit around the Sun like Pluto Neptune Uranus um, so we might experience more like a square kind of this challenging aspect that also encourages some growth that feels hard but at the same time um, can really transform our lives for the better um, and And yeah, and I'll also talk about the lunar nodes, which I mentioned earlier, that north and south node of the moon. There's a fairly big um, transit that happens in our late 20s and then another one in our mid to late 30s around the lunar Mm -hmm. nodes. And again, all of these are just times where we can kind of grow and and learn new things about ourselves sometimes they feel kind of difficult sometimes like external life events um can really trigger us on this groany um this groany this journey of of growth (laughs) (laughs) and evolution um and yeah and i apologize in advance i think that my dog here's your cat (laughs) And she's ready to whimper a little
0: bit and look around. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Ooh, it's very interested. She's very active right now. <laughs> um, maybe she just
2: really wants to be an astrologer. So, she does. Um, <laughs> great. So, yeah. So that's kind of what we'll look at today is um, some of these major transits of, of planets into this in the sky to these,
0: um, these planets in our birth chart. I'm so excited. Everybody cozy up for the masterclass with Diana. I'm ready to learn. <laughs> okay, where do we begin? Um, So first, for folks who have never looked
2: up their birth chart, this would be a really great time to maybe go to astro.com or some other astrology website where you can pull up your chart for free, um, plug in your birth data, and kind of figure out where some of these planets are in your birth chart. Some people will know where their Saturn is, if they've had their Saturn return, but maybe they don't know where Uranus is in their chart and, you know, what sign, what degree of that and so on. Um, You can also play with transits in astro.com. You can pull up your birth chart and click the little button to add transits to see where the planets Mm. are in the sky right now. And that's how you can keep track of these things over time as you're getting really close to your own personal Saturn return, for example, and so on. But I'll give you age ranges today. Um, So again, if you want to pause the the podcast and check that out, um, this would be a good time to just kind of familiarize yourself with your birth chart a bit um i want to make one other quick note about this so um I'm mostly gonna focus on major astrological events that everybody experiences, again, from their early 20s to like their early 40s. Um, there are definitely major astrological events that happen outside of that time frame, but um, that would be like a four-hour podcast. <laughs> so um, we're gonna kind of like focus in today. Um, and I also wanna note that you know some people may be experiencing major transits of transits of some of these planets to like their Sun their ascendant or their rising sign like Juliet and Sadie mentioned earlier to their moon in which case mm-hmm. um, you know these major astrological events that everyone experiences are, are big but you're also going to be experiencing them on a more personal level so kind of paying attention to those as well um, as a quick example of that somebody who has their Sun in Aquarius is currently experiencing Saturn moving over their Sun and so that's gonna feel a bit like a Saturn return it's not Saturn returning to it was when you were born Mm. like it's impacting you on a major level and so let's say that you're an Aquarius Sun with Saturn in Pisces the next sign out that means first you've got Saturn passing over your Sun and then you're gonna have your Saturn return so maybe a lot of the work that would be done during your Saturn return is actually happening now with Saturn passing over your sun. So just kind of keeping these things in mind as well, that um, these major events happen for everybody, but you're going to have your own personal dances and experiences with the planets that I talk about today as well. so I just want to put that out there, because otherwise we can get kind of like fixed in this mindset, mm. that like, oh, it's all about the Saturn return when really, um, you know, somebody with 10 planets in Pisces, including Saturn, is going to experience like the entire time that Saturn moves through Pisces as like this epic Saturn return. Um, so so yeah, just putting that out there as well. Everybody's experience is going to be different, mm-hmm. which gives us compassion for one another. But um, it also helps us understand if we have this like random spell of um, like a very heavy Saturnian experience where we're being called to mature and grow a lot that there may be something else happening. Um, So on that note, Um, Let's talk about Saturn. So before the Saturn return, we actually have what we call a Saturn square. And that happens when we're about 20 or 21, just kind of like entering into our 20s. Um, And that's basically when Saturn is making a 90 degree aspect in the sky to our natal Saturn, Saturn in our birth chart. So somebody with Saturn in Sagittarius, for example, will experience a Saturn square when Saturn is in Pisces or Virgo um, and that happens like every seven years we're experiencing a major Saturnian event every seven years or so whether mm. it's a square an opposition or the Saturn return um, Saturn conjunction is est- essentially to our natal Saturn and so um, so again we're we're always going through these Saturnian cycles just like we're going through cycles with other planets um, but at 20 or 21 we experience the Saturn Saturn square. Um, and since Saturn represents the principle of maturation of necessary limits and boundaries and kind of learning how to recognize and work with those, um, especially time as kind of like the ultimate limit, so we only have so much time on this earth, um, which encourages us to make things happen and to kind of. You know, um, focus and concentrate our energies on the things that really matter to us because we can't do it all. That's kind of a Saturnian lesson or message. Um, It's also associated with our greatest goals, the legacy that we feel called to leave on this planet once we're gone, Um, the endurance, the fortitude, the commitment to achieve those great goals, to complete those great works, to leave that legacy. So in a lot of ways, it kind of just Helps us get stuff done. Um, it really um, helps us focus in and, and make things happen. That first that Saturn square that we experience at 20 or 21, not the first of our life, the first in this age range, um, that's a time where we start thinking, you know, maybe if folks are in college or university around that time, what am mm-hmm. I going to do when I graduate? For mm-hmm. um, people who maybe, you know, finished high school and and got their first job, this might be a time where they realize I don't actually really like my job that much, or maybe it doesn't actually align with the kind of work that I want to be doing um, on this planet in this lifetime. And so it's, it's a time where sometimes we go through, again, kind of this school of hard knocks that, that, um, you know, certain relationships, certain things may fall away from our lives in order to kind of help us align more with our, our higher call, with the goals that are really meaningful to us, um, and start thinking more about those. For some people, they might even feel, if they're in college or university, they may feel called to switch colleges at that time. Maybe they realize that, you know, they're, they're, um, passion takes them down a different path and you know they want to go somewhere where they can major in or focus on something that's more aligned with them um for some people it may just feel kind of depressing um maybe there's some sort of reminder of our fatality you know saturn brings in this reminder that we have limited time um so it can be you know a death of a significant person in our lives um or or just some sort of confrontation with death and time and limits um it's not i mean for some people it might be when they get their first gray hairs my experience is more like the saturn return is when we really start (laughs) to see them coming in but um (laughs) yeah (laughs) the the square definitely kind of you know is this this first reminder Um, and then we actually have another saturn square around 36 or 37 um kind of you know creating this little um you know these two bookends around the Saturn um, return in the middle, and um, and yeah. So so each of these Saturn squares, Saturn oppositions, Saturn returns that we experience, they all um, encourage some sort of maturation. Encourage us to maybe endure through some challenges to really, um, you know, commit to something that that feels meaningful to us. And um, yeah, and we grow a lot in the process. Um Yeah, is the Saturn square something that's kind of a new concept to you guys? Is it familiar? Can you think of anything that happened at 20 or
0: 21 where you were like, wow, that was Saturn? <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. I didn't really understand the concept of the Saturn square before just now. But it's it's very interesting how we have society sort of set up in a way where like we're kind of experiencing like school or entering the workforce at a time when we're astrologically going through an event like that's so interesting and it it makes a lot of sense that that's just sort of intuitively as like a, a human society we have these sort of marks um and You know absolutely 2021 i can remember just being in total disarray of like what is my purpose what am i what am Mm -hmm. i going to do with my life it's you know you just feel like you have to have it all figured out at that age and so astrologically that makes a lot of sense and then there's just sort of that society pressure but it's it's you know it, it I there's just so many instances where you go like oh astrology
1: is absolutely real because how that lines up for all of us it's so interesting. I I was just thinking a couple things. It it does make total sense. It's like you have to have a big epiphany around 20 or 21 because it's like, okay, how am I going to spend my adult life? Mm-hmm. And then it smacks you in the face at around 29 <laughs> because the quarter life like, crisis. Yeah, you're like, oh my my, uh, societally defined youth is is uh, over, s- slipping away. <laughs> so what now? And then again in like you know mid to late 30s is t- typically, and of course there's a exceptions but like you know if you're gonna maybe bring children into the world like there's like a window for that and so although the women in my family give birth in their 40s but
0: there's kind of that pressure comes in if you but haven't yeah. done that
1: yet at that yeah. age yeah that's interesting and also this the science the science that every seven years we have it takes seven years for all of ourselves to mm. be completely brand new again i think is like the cells that were in you seven years ago are completely Mm. different than the ones that are in you now. Like it takes Mm. seven full years for all of them to be replenished. And so it sort of lines up with this timeline as well. Interesting. Okay, Saturn square. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, and that's a
2: really interesting point, Juliet. I'd kind of forgotten about that, but I remembered someone mentioning to me earlier in life that we run in these kind of seven year cycles um, mm-hmm. and that there tends to be kind of some endings and new beginnings around every seven years. And um, astrologically that that totally aligns with Saturn biologically with that kind of like regeneration of all of the cells in our body. Um, and we don't always think of Saturn in that way. Although Saturn actually used to represent death um, before we knew that pluto existed saturn was kind of the the boundary of our solar system and so it had this linkage with endings with death mm. um and and it's not that saturn today represents death in that way but saturn transits can be very transformative <laughs> yes. can feel very plutonian and in kind of their own right and so um So yeah, so for folks who are currently in a Saturn square, whether they're in their early 20s, or um, again, around that 36, 37 age range, you know, hold on to hope (laughs) Um, (laughs) a little heavy. And I remember personally back in college, um, kind of towards the end of college, maybe just that pressure of kind of having to figure out what you're going to do next. Um, But I think it was also maybe some Saturn stuff going on, maybe just kind of some life stuff getting really real for people, which Mm -hmm. um, Saturn tends to make things really real for us. Um, I remember people really struggling with depression and anxiety, Maybe for the first time, if they hadn't experienced mm. that before, um, and so, so yeah, it's it's not uncommon to have that feeling with a Saturn square or like a major Saturnian transit. Um, but just knowing when they're happening can help us work with them in kind of a more constructive and an active way, um, like passively interacting with transits is totally fine but sometimes it can feel like they're kind of trampling us and like Mm -hmm. external events are um just coming at us in these kind of erratic surprising ways but when we kind of tap into the energy of these planets realize that ultimately saturn just wants us to you know live out our our fullest potential and do something Mm -hmm. really great with the potentials that we've been given. And so if we're um, a bit off track or if we're, you know, um, giving our power or authority away to someone else or something else instead of really claiming that, um, then then, yeah, life might get a little bit hard for a while. But but ultimately, it's for our growth, for our highest good, all that good stuff. Universe has our back. <laughs> um, on that note, um, let's quickly talk about the Saturn return since it's been um, hinted at quite a few times. That one, our first one, happens around the age of 28 to 30, um, tends to be exact right around 29, since Saturn has this 29 year orbit around the Sun. Um, and then we have another one around age 58. And so, um, that first Saturn return tends to be kind of a sobering event um, where, wherever Saturn falls in our birth chart, whatever house it's in, whatever sign it's in, um, we're kind of confronted with some limitations, um, a need to see things maybe more realistically, um, you know, a need to maybe make some major changes in that area of our life if we've, um, you know, started to hit walls or if it just doesn't feel like those areas of our life are super aligned. Um, For some people that could be around work, for some it might be around a relationship in their life. Um, For some people, it may be a big decision around, do I want kids or do I not want kids? Just kind of depending where people are at at that point in life. Um, But but it definitely tends to be a time where we're um, reminded of the limited nature of, of these lives. We're reminded that um, while well, we can do a lot of things we can't do everything so again where do we really want to focus our energy who do we really want to spend time around um, and so on these are some of the big questions that come up for us around that time so sometimes old friendships and um, romantic relationships again careers and career paths and career dreams could kind of fall away for something new to come along and um, and again it can feel kind of heavy it can feel a little bit depressing to go through a Saturn return because um you know there's there's certain planets like jupiter which I'll talk about which make you feel like you can do anything whereas saturn says like i'm sorry but you can't you can do something <laughs> you can do something really well or like some things really well but you can't do everything and anything um, especially not all at once um so you can dedicate like certain phases of life to certain things um, but, but you can't do it all all at once um Unless, you know, um, you have a partner who's open to polyamory or polygamy. Um, if you fall in love with two people, um, you know, there there may be a need to choose one. This is like one of those Saturnian realities. If, if those people aren't open to being in a relationship with two people versus or two other people versus one other person. Mm. Um, so these are the kinds of things that, again, um, we confront and it may also be we realize like I'm actually polyamorous around that time in their lives. And so, um, you know, I need to commit to um, the types of relationships that will allow me to honor my own truth. You know, so anyways, that's kind of a random example. But um, when we think of Saturn, we tend to think of like career and and things like that. And there is a Mm -hmm. linkage between Saturn and hard work and effort and leaving a legacy and and things like that. Um, But a lot of Saturn is also just maturation and and into our true natures and, you know, learning how to be ourselves while also functioning in society, Um, you know, these are, these are some of the themes that come up around that time. Um, Yeah, does that
1: make sense? (laughs) It absolutely does. And I was just thinking, we started our podcast, I think, like, within 90 days of both of our Saturn returns, I think, Mm -hmm. like, it was so on the nose of when that big transformation was happening. Because this was, this was a I'd like to thank Saturn for this podcast. <laughs> well, it was interesting. Saturn, how... Re- thank you, Saturn. Re- Saturn, return and Sadie Olson for this podcast. Yeah, the
0: the window, <laughs> that window of yeah, like being 28 to 30 that window of time where you're sort of in that energy that Mm -hmm. was when the pandemic started so we lost our jobs and it was like oh this is an opportunity to make something for myself but what does that mean and who am i really and yeah it was i mean the best journey i've ever been on but it was it was hard it was you know it was facing a lot within yourself and like am i really doing this am i really committing to this figuring it all out and yeah i mean we had quite the Saturn return oh
2: yeah (laughs) yeah I hadn't even thought about how your Saturn returns aligned with the pandemic but talk about limitations (laughs) and things kind of falling apart Um, Mm and I guess that Saturn and Aquarius right since Aquarius is like get ready for things to change drastically yeah
0: (laughs) I yeah it felt like yeah, the like the whole world was stopping for my Saturn return. <laughs> it was like, oh no, we're just gotten, we're not going to distract you with anything else. Just we're going to pause everything and you figure this out, which you know is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe you
2: a little byline in your um, podcast, then like, goddess hangs
1: slash Saturn
2: hangs. Yeah, Saturn, Saturn hangs.
1: <laughs> so you said some nice things about Jupiter. Uh, is that coming around? Any <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely get to Jupiter. Okay. Um, <laughs> so
2: we we have some Jupiter returns that happen along with Jupiter squares, oppositions, trines. Like um, I'll mostly talk talk about the Jupiter returns today just because, um, you know, again, this could become like really
1: long. Okay.
2: Maybe a little <laughs> <longer>. <laughs> Um but no, quick- never boring, never boring. <laughs> <laughs> um one quick note on the Saturn return is that um part of of working with Saturn is becoming an authority. Um and and kind of You know, when we're growing up, our parents are the authority figures that we tend to kind of look up to, maybe teachers, maybe actors or actresses or someone who seems like they've kind of, um, you know, earned some level of of authority. They seem to kind of have their acts together. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Saturn return is really a time where we tend to step into our own authority and part of that. can mean that we're going back to school to to really learn about something that, that we want to be an expert in, that we want to be an authority in, that we want to bring to others. Or it can look like, again, just um, a lot of hard work and effort going into becoming that authority, um, you know, for others and and in our own lives as well. Um, I also tend to think of authority as becoming the authors of our own lives. So personal authority mm. is really, um, you know, what does it look like? To write our own life stories um, and really honor that, right? Um, Instead of allowing our stories to kind of be um, pulled in different directions by different people, by different experiences, what does it look like to really commit to to authoring that life story? So, again, this is um, another big theme that tends to happen around any Saturn transit, especially the Saturn return. Um, And and yeah, so it can be a very empowering time as well. And, and typically, the more we kind of, you know, feed ourselves with things that encourage our growth, encourage our learning, encourage us to. Um, you know, maybe have experiences that, that deepen our wisdom as well. All of these things make us feel more like authorities and, and make us feel more comfortable and confident making our own decisions and, and really choosing our own life paths. So, um, so again, it's, it has like a heaviness to it, but, but there's also a lot of positive stuff that comes out of Saturn returns, like this podcast, like Mm -hmm. me committing to being an astrologer. Um, So, so there's definitely some benefits. Um, Okay, Jupiter return. Jupiter returns happen every 12 years. And um, in our 20s, we have one around 23 or 24. And then in our 30s, um, it's around age 35. And the Jupiter return is a very expansive, exciting time. Um, yes. <laughs> um <laughs> So, so generally speaking, astrologically, Jupiter represents expansion, optimism, taking leaps of faith, um, taking adventures or turning our life into a great adventure, generosity and magna- magnanimity, um, belief in ourselves and belief in kind of the goodness of the world and, and the positive potentials that exist out there versus the the negative or limiting ones. Um, And also kind of this, this feeling of like raised spirits, good cheer, things like that. That's Jupiter in all of our birth charts, that's an energy we all have available to us, but we're especially likely to feel it if it's you know, conjunct our sun or our moon, if we're a Sagittarius rising like Sadie, um, who has Jupiter as the ruling planet of her chart because Jupiter rules Sagittarius. Um, You know, for some people, it will be like an ever-present energy um, and, and for some people, they'll feel it really strongly during those Jupiter returns at 23 or 24, 35, or when Jupiter's passing over a planet in their chart. Generally speaking, this is a time to be... Big um, to take risks and leaps of faith to really um, trust in the universe. Um, if if we try something totally different and new, um, if we expand out, kind of trusting that we're allowed to do that. If we go after a dream, believing that that dream can come to fruition. Um, and so Saturn, you know, we talked about, asked us to think about kind of all of the things that could go wrong and kind of plan or prepare accordingly. It's very careful and, and very focused on, um, you know, long-term goals. So it's okay with things taking time. Whereas Jupiter encourages us to focus on the things that could go right, to take hopeful steps forward. And to sometimes just take that leap, like the full tarot card. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes we just need to step, step off the precipice and kind of see what happens Um, and so again the jupiter return tends to be a time where we're really encouraged to expand um to believe in ourselves to go after our dreams and to expect almost or like anticipate that good things will come of it um so yeah do you guys remember your jupiter returns in your 20s around 23
0: 24. so Let's see, 23, 24, Um, that's, like, when my mom was getting sick and things, so that actually ended up being a, a difficult time for me, but at 24, I decided to leave life behind and move to California, so I did have that sort of, like, hopeful, like, I'm just gonna start over that hopeful, like, you know what, like... I'm I'm just going to go for it and, and, and do this new adventure. So it's like that difficult thing that happened in that window of time, sort of I decided to just say fuck it and like do something exciting and move to California. So I think that probably was that Jupiter influence, it seems like.
1: I think that was a super buzzy time uh, in my music career because I was getting booked to play at festivals mm. and I was getting like little sponsorships from like, Brands and yeah, that was a good time. If, I felt really lucky. I felt like anything that I aimed for, I got. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes a lot of sense for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That sounds like a very kind of natural manifestation of the Jupiter turn. Same with your move to California, Sadie. Um, mm-hmm. Although what you brought up about your mom, um, I was noticing that so in astrology, or especially kind of some more traditional versions of astrology, there's this idea of perfection years, um, where basically each year of our life, um, is associated with a different house of the birth chart and kind of the Mm. themes of that house. Um, and so, since Jupiter is on this 12-year cycle, it tends to align with the 12th house perfection years in our chart, um, the final house in the chart, um, kind of the end of a journey. Um, mm. And I was thinking about how Jupiter offers us this faith, this hope that, that good things can happen, good things are coming for us. Um, it gives us kind of some joy, it, it allows us to make jokes and and experience some levity even in the face of hardship um, and when we're having a 12th house perfection year sometimes we're um we're actually experiencing some loss we're experiencing some endings um you know we're about to begin a whole new 12 year cycle of our lives um, when we move into a first house perfection year um but but the twelfth house those those perfection years can lead to some things falling away, and so um so yeah I was kind of reflecting earlier on I wonder if we get the Jupiter return right when we're dealing with the twelfth house perfection year yeah, that makes so that we mm-hmm. yeah we we maintain some some faith some optimism some inspiration and enthusiasm that kind of keeps us engaged with life and keeps us
0: um yeah wanting to move forward. I love that. That When you were saying that, I mean, we feel very emotional, like that feels so supportive, like sort of the universe is like, look, this is a part of the cycle. Things are going to fall away. Maybe you experience a big loss, but here's this uplifting energy for you to experience along with that and sort of give you hope to like keep going and and for the future. I love that. Me yeah. too. <laughs> well, good. <laughs>
2: one more quick note on jupiter um you know there's definitely an emphasis on like trusting our luck believing in ourselves things like that that happens around jupiter transits the jupiter return um and again that's around um 23 24 around 35 and um, another side of jupiter is generosity and so by being really generous when we're working with a big Jupiter transit, by putting out a lot of good energy in the world, um, giving back in some way, um, allowing our hearts to be really big and and open for those in need, um, that's a really positive way of Of interacting with and engaging with Jupiter, um, and also receiving some generosity kind of back from the universe during those times. Um, So, so again, you know, if during a Jupiter return we're maybe going through a difficult phase as well. Maybe we have Pluto passing over our ascendant or a rising sign, right, while we're having our Jupiter return, and so, um, so we're going through some like cataclysmic change. working with kind of the generosity side of of Jupiter, um, I found can be a really good way to, um, yeah, to to kind of tap into a different side of it, a different energy of it, if we're not experiencing just like a lot of windfalls and and positive things happening at that moment as well. Um, So I just wanted to put that out there for for anyone in those age ranges, anyone who's um, got Jupiter passing over something major in their chart, um, generosity um, tends to really pay off at those times. Um, Okay. Are you guys ready for one more? Yes, <laughs> yes please.
0: I'm, I'm yeah,
1: I could stay here for that. the full four hours. We
0: won't, but I could. I love this.
1: It's and so your voice is so relaxing. Oh, thank you. I love listening to My you My rising.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate hearing that. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll get into some more things that happened in our 30s and into our early 40s. I've touched on a few of them, like that second Saturn square um, and the... Yeah, the Jupiter return that we experience. Um, But in our 20s, right before our Saturn return, we go through an opposition of um, the north and south node in the sky and the transiting north and south node to the north and south node in our birth chart, which basically means if my north node, my evolutionary growth opportunity is in Taurus um, and my south node kind of where I've been, where I'm coming from in past lives is in Scorpio. The transiting north node, the growth opportunity is now in Scorpio with my south node. um, And the transiting south node, where we're kind of coming from, kind of some of the shadows we're addressing is in Taurus. So it's flipped. Um, Mm. And basically, at this time, we can experience some tension, maybe some friction between our own growth and our own paths um, and that of the collective. And so it can definitely be a time where we feel like. you know on one level we kind of have to like individuate from the way um that that everyone else is doing things maybe go against the grain a little bit in order to honor our own growth um, having compassion for others at this time um i remember when i was going through my lunar nodes opposition um i was really trying to step into my aries north node by learning to be a little bit more direct i've always been kind of a flowery and like dance around things kind of communicator. And Aries is like, just say it. <laughs> um, and, and I was trying to do that. And, um, and one of my bosses said, you know, I know that this other boss um, says that they like it when you're direct, but they actually really like it when you beat around the butch and use really flowery language and, um, you know, are very, yeah, almost. I don't know what the right word is. Not quite submissive, but but kind of take more of that approach versus mm. a more direct and um, honest approach. And and for me, that felt like kind of the antithesis of like everything that I've been working toward. Like it was yeah. hard to be direct, and so I was I was you know really learning. Um, That was a a big growth edge for me. And so to have someone tell me, you know, it's bad to be direct, or or that's Mm -hmm. not that's not the right way at this moment in time was difficult. But at the same time, you know, if if I'd known about this um, nodal opposition, I might have recognized that um, you know, this other boss was just really working with the call of the Libra North node, which is to be diplomatic and um, to be a little bit less direct and a little bit softer and gentler in the approach and and things like that. So again, Mm -hmm. it can really help us um, if we're feeling a little bit blocked or thwarted um, by what everybody else is doing (laughs) at that time, um, because, yeah, it's 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 kind of a difficult feeling of, you know, this thing that I've been working really hard at and now being told isn't the right approach. and so and similarly for people going through their their nodal opposition right now i've had some clients working with that and um you know they're learning about being scorpio north nodes while we have the south node in scorpio the collective south node in scorpio right now and so they're working on getting comfortable with being intense and working with complexity and diving to the shadows and people are like I don't want to be complex. I want things to be simple. Like I want peace. I'm working in this this Taurus North Node direction. So again, mm. um, that can feel kind of challenging. But the beauty is. Um, The south node is an area where we have natural gifts and talents, we've been doing this for a lifetime. So it's a fantastic time to kind of dig up the gold from our south node and be able to work with that. So again, in the case of a Libra south node, um, I'm getting an opportunity during that nodal opposition to really shine as someone who can be diplomatic, who can be you know, gentle and relationship-oriented in my approach to things and so on. Um, similarly, with that Taurus-South node, there's the ability to tap into this, this deep memory of, of inner peace and be able to step into that, to share that with others. Um, this ability to kind of navigate the material world is also um, kind of part of working with Taurus. That's something they can kind of celebrate at that time, Um, even if it's not ultimately like their primary growth opportunity, that's that's part of the energy. Um, And one more quick note on that one. Sometimes when we're working with our North and South node, because they're these two polar opposites there, again, the South node kind of um, where we're coming from in past lifetimes, these default modes, this area that feels really easily, easy and natural to us. And then the North node, something that feels kind of foreign that we're growing toward in this lifetime. They're always an opposite sign in the chart. So they feel really different in a lot of ways. Um, Sometimes when we're working toward our north node, we can like lean a little too far in that direction. Um, We can start to maybe even move into some of the shadowy qualities of our north node sign. So again, during the nodal opposition, we might notice that like um, for you guys with a Capricorn north node, did you may have found yourself around that nodal opposition feeling you know, kind of some of the the guilt of Saturn, some of its heaviness. And um, Saturn rules Capricorn, um, or maybe just finding that that you know maybe you'd moved into workaholism a little bit and um and maybe become kind of a beast of burden you know these are some of the shadowy or more difficult sides of capricorn and so during the nodal opposition you know you were invited to remember that you have this cancer south node that can be you know nurturing and nourishing and gentle um that you know doesn't force you to work through dinner every night, you know, that encourages you to slow down and take care of yourself. Um, So again, there's an opportunity to kind of rebalance if we've fallen out of balance um, in that north and south node journey around the lunar node opposition. Um, Do you guys remember that phase 27, 28? (laughs) and if you're not familiar with your north and south node um sometimes it shows up as true node on the chart it's like a little upside or right side up horseshoe is the north node and then the descending node or the south node is like an upside down horseshoe um but but yeah it changes signs every 18 months so in 1991 there may be some people born earlier in the year that had a Leo South Node, Aquarius North Node. Um, and then it, it would have changed into that Capricorn Cancer axis. Um
1: but yeah. I love that you remember our nodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Diana just uh, has so much information. Like <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, you're Sagittarius rising. Like she's got the whole <laughs> the whole chart there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, amazing. Yeah.
2: It's kind of a, a weird um thing of mine like sometimes i think about like rain man the movie <laughs> <It's>
0: like, <laughs> i'm like your ah, charts and, and charts and yeah and just like flip through That's them and see them reason. i feel <laughs> like wow <laughs> <laughs> just check yeah
1: okay I'm it. <laughs> yeah cool. yeah so so when we're working with the north and the south node is it is it really about balance like we're trying to find the perfect balance between the two or is it more about transforming from in our case cancer qualities to capricorn qualities
2: um different astrologers will say different things but i would say it's more about balance because the south node you know we've spent lifetimes who knows how many developing the qualities of the south node so we don't want to lose that we just don't want to mm-hmm. get stuck In the shadow qualities of the South, no, the difficult. Mm -hmm qualities of the south node, the compulsive qualities of the south node, um, or even like comfort rests with the south node that keep us from growing toward the north node. Um, so, so that's kind of the idea there. And sometimes we have to do kind of like a strong push toward the north node in order to start to move toward balance, because, again, we have spent so much time like kind of doing the bidding of the south node that, that now we um, you know it might become a bit extreme for a moment as we're finding that balance but but we usually have to do a pretty big push toward the north node to make it part of our reality to make it part of our experience if that makes
1: sense it does i like i like that i think Sadie and i have both been in like a learning how to be more capricorny mm-hmm. um in a lot of ways in a lot of ways
0: yeah i think it it definitely it that's definitely the energy we tap into when it comes to like the businessy side of having a business, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that like organization and that like the um, the consistency in that, um, and then balancing the like not overdoing it, not working, you know, not sitting in front of our computers for fourteen hours a day, even though it's stuff that we're excited to work on and it's yeah. what we're choosing to like. I can definitely very literally see that pull of like overdoing it and then like backing too far off of that and like Mm -hmm. trying to find that balance for sure that makes a lot of sense yeah and I think
2: from what I know of your work, <laughs> and what I know of you too, it seems like you're both doing a really good job of taking the gold from the Cancer South Node. You know, Cancer is a naturally intuitive, naturally healing, naturally musical sign. Actually, mm-hmm. like Cancer has a really strong affinity for music,
1: oh, I didn't <laughs> um, know that. and
2: then creating structure around that right like making something of it um committing to bringing those gifts to the world in a bigger way to leaving some legacy um whereas again with those south nodes um there's a chance that either because of circumstance you didn't have the opportunity to do that in a past lifetime um or because of fear um or because of you know emotional um this is not the right word for it, but like emotional mismanagement or mayhem, you know, Mm -hmm. the cancer self, like sometimes emotions can kind of rule things. And and sometimes, you know, that Capricorn north node says, um, even if we don't feel like doing this or even if like we're having a rough day, like let's commit to doing it anyways and and see what happens, you know, mm-hmm. um, let's keep moving toward these goals. Um, but again, it's, it's not completely leaving cancer behind because sometimes like you actually do need a, a mental health day, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but as long as every day, um, not to say that it's bad for every day to be a mental health day, but as long <laughs> as every day um, doesn't, um, you know, get kind of sidelined by emotional, traumas and and things like
0: mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. you know anyways <laughs> and no it makes a lot of sense i think that's yeah the basis of a lot of the energy i'm learning to manage in my life like absolutely
1: were there any other transits you wanted to share or can i ask about um anything collectively that we can think about Moving into December, moving into twenty twenty three. If there's anything that's just s- outstanding on your <laughs> on your radar,
2: yeah. Um, I have a couple more transits. Oh, and good. I'll go really quickly through them. No, don't rush. <laughs> and, and I'd love to share about that. Um, but I just want to make sure that folks that are like in their thirties right now, um, also kind of have a sense of a few things that are coming up for them. Um. Well, we're all all of us are in our 30s here on this mm-hmm. podcast right now, but but also um, you know anyone else who's listening. Um, so really quick note on the lunar nodes, that north and south node of the moon. Um, there's also a, a lunar node return or, or the north and south node returning to where they were when we were born um, that happens around age 37. We also have one earlier in life. But again, focusing on the 20s and 30s, 37 is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and we may even start to feel that towards the end of 36, um, but basically this is a time where we and and kind of what we're growing toward feels aligned with what everyone's growing toward collectively. Um, and so it tends to feel really aligned and a bit more harmonious. Um, it doesn't mean there won't be challenges. <laughs> Um, because if there are certain lessons that we need to learn around that north node um, or certain karmic compulsions, certain past life patterning um, that we really need to let go of associated with our south node that can become a bit more intense um, and extreme around that lunar node return. Um, So again, folks that are around age 37, it it can feel like in some ways you can kind of take off with that north node growth because everybody is on board. Everyone's like, yeah, like for the Taurus north nodes right now, yes, like inner peace, embodiment um you know creating manifesting the material realm like you know all of these things associated with taurus like divine feminine energy um sacred silence you know all of these taurus things mm-hmm. um, but at the same time their scorpio south nodes um are also getting an extra dose of um yeah, of, of energy. So that can feel really intense. There may be some deep healing work that needs to be done. Again, it can be a time where old relationships fall away, where um, careers, like anything that's that's significant in our life can be kind of up for review when the south node passes over our natal south node. And especially, like, usually, again, these transits, um, we want to kind of start with the internal energy before we make major changes Outwardly in our lives, unless there's something that's just like really got to go, um, but but usually there's something within us, some um, something that we're enabling or facilitating in our lives that's not serving us. Um, you know, a way of behaving or relating, some default pattern that again. Um, Ultimately, we need to change that in order to not attract the same kinds of problems into our life over and over again. Um, but during that lunar nodes return around age thirty-seven, maybe starting in thirty-six, um, we may find again that we're we're both really encouraged in our growth and also like really um, mired in some of our more like compulsive tendencies that that need to be um, released or healed or both. <laughs> Um, so again, that's, that's the flip side to the lunar node opposition. We have the lunar node return. Mm -hmm. Um, So this one is kind of like broad and weird because Pluto has this, um, unusual or kind of, um, different orbit than the other planets. Part of why it was demoted to a dwarf planet is because it has this different orbit. Um, but. Pluto makes a square, again, this 90-degree aspect um, to Pluto in our birth charts, transiting Pluto to Pluto in our birth charts, somewhere between 36 and 61. Um, For most Gen Xers, Millennials, Gen Zers, um, they'll experience this Pluto square between 36 and 43. So like Hmm. mid to late thirties into early forties. And Pluto is, um, you know, kind of the new outer limit of our solar system, arguably Sedna might be the true outer limit of our solar system at this point, but we're going to work with Pluto for this, um, for the purposes of of this podcast. Um, but, But yeah, most of us will how Pluto Square, not everybody will, will live long enough to have a Pluto opposition. Um, so the Pluto Square tends to be kind of like one of our biggest times of, of really reckoning with Pluto, um, again, unless it passes over like our ascendant, our Sun, our Moon, something like that. Um, and since Pluto represents this process of death and rebirth, of regeneration and transformation, um, it's linked to our experience of power, um, both personal power and those who will power over us, um, and also our ability to lead, lead and live a deeply meaningful life. Um, Pluto tends to um, really kind of call us into this underworld journey, into um, you know the the truth of our soul it kind of connects us to our soul yearnings um it also brings us in touch with our deepest fears with the things that that can really kind of um yeah prevent us from living fully because of a fear of death, basically. Um, You know, most fears kind of root back to death in some way. And and so so it really asks us to kind of confront that fear of death, confront our deepest fears um, in order to, yeah, to reclaim our power from them, to reclaim our power from um, these unconscious drivers and motives. So it's like a very deep, very psychological planet. Around the time of our Pluto square, we're asked to release any psychological crutches that we may have been leaning on. and keep us from moving forward, from from again really coming into our power, really lead, leading the the meaningful lives that we're here to lead. Um, for some people, this could look like a wound um, that's come to define us—a wound that instead of like really healing it and releasing it, um, it's come to be um, you know, part of our identity. Um, this could also look like a story of powerlessness that keeps us from fully engaging with life. This can take on a lot of different forms. Um, but ultimately this is a time where, you know, we're asked to confront these, these crutches, um, and release them. Like we don't need them anymore. We don't need them to, um, comfort and, and limit us anymore. Um so so again, Pluto says, you know, heal any psychological um you know challenges that we're struggling with if we have deep wounds, if we if, if we've experienced trauma and so on, like heal that stuff. Um but don't allow it to become the totality of your life story, like don't allow it to keep you from your power and um, to keep you from living life fully and passionately and intensely and meaningfully. Um, so again, that's, that's kind of the nature of the Pluto square. And around this time, we're also reminded that if we don't claim our power, someone else usually will. So we may enter into some sort of power struggle or control issue um, if we haven't really, figured out what power looks like for us and, and learned how to work with and wield that power. Um, so so again, that can feel a bit difficult, but at the same time, um, you know, there's a growth opportunity there. And anyone who comes into our life and challenges our power is just really encouraging us at that time to claim our power. Um, and similarly, you know, if we don't rumble with our fear, with our shadows, um, they will kind of control us and, and also kind of take our power away. Um, also a time where if you know with all the Saturn transits we've had and the north and south node transits and so on um, if you know we're still feeling a little bit like we don't know what the deeper meaning of our lives is this Pluto square um, will really start to get us asking those questions of what holds meaning to me um, and you know what do I really want to dedicate my life too, and this isn't necessarily like dedicating our life to some sort of Saturnian goal, like some sort of legacy we want to lead. It could be um, a goal of of healing ourselves totally and completely, of um, you know, overcoming the fear of death, of you know, mm. whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Um, but but again, it's more about um, like psychological freedom that we're looking for with that Pluto square. Um, should I keep going about two more
0: or do you guys have <laughs> Yeah, questions? no, I I find this so interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, the Pluto sounds sort of like a I don't know like a second coming of age like discovering a new level of yourself and like a deeper level of like who you are at your core. It sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. much to so much to look forward to. Yes. I'm like, but I already did so much of that. I'm tired. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it ain't over. We got time. We <laughs> got some time and we got a Jupiter return and a lunar node return um, in your 30s that you can look forward to. Yes. But yeah, like right around age 40, um, things get kind of wild and woolly because of that Pluto square, um, but also because we have a Uranus opposition then. Um, And so Uranus has like a 84-year orbit around the sun. Um, So for folks who live to 84, they'll have a Uranus return, but most of us will, or Many of us um, will experience the Uranus opposition around 40 to 42. Um, probably start feeling it though, like 38, 39. We'll start to feel that energy kind of um, building because Uranus is um, a call to be our authentic selves and um, it asks us to individuate from the status quo to liberate ourselves from any unnecessary limits that we live under, um, and it's just very much this like, gosh, like electrifying, galvanizing, change-inducing energy. And so, during the Uranus opposition, we get this major dose of Uranian energy, <laughs> um, where suddenly we, you know, realize that that maybe we've been living our lives um, according to. Someone else's rules. Um, and so suddenly we want to kind of break free from those rules and start living our life according to our own um, or in a ruleless kind of way, <laughs> just mm-hmm. depending on the person. Um, it's definitely a time where like old identities tend to fall away as we start to figure out like, what does authentic selfhood look like for me? Um, you know, if I'm not. Living for the applause, or I'm not living for, um, you know, recognition from from others, or living to build a reputation that, again, um, others are involved in. Like others, um, so much of like Saturnian work is is also kind of developing, um, you know, the parts of ourselves that we respect and and that others respect in turn. But Uranus says, you know. I don't care if no one likes me. I don't care if no one thinks what I do is is cool or awesome. Like I still have to do it anyway, if it's authentically me. And Mm -hmm. so again, this is an energy that tends to emerge around this time and it can definitely shake things up in our jobs and our relationships. Um, Again, a really great way to work with this energy is to first kind of say, you know, what constraints um am i feeling the need to rebel against and to what extent am i creating those constraints um internally before we maybe you know cut all of our ties and all our relationships and move halfway across the world Um, and for some people they may quite literally need to do just that during their uranus return Um, but for most of us it's figuring out how can i be free to be myself um, within the context of my relationships, within the context of the life I've built for myself so far, um, you know, beating up to age 40 and so on. So um, so again, I definitely wouldn't discourage the person who um, needs to make like a radical change from who they've been how they've been living and so on especially if it's just really out of alignment um but again for for most of us we'll feel this urge to you know move to the moon and set up shop there but um but it's probably more you know something internal that we need to change in order to um yeah to live that lunar life <laughs> um, if you will um, while you know staying seated in california um mm-hmm. but anyways so so definitely a big call to freedom, a big call to change around that time um And lastly, around the same time, age 40 to 43, we experience a Neptune square, another slow moving planet like Pluto, where some of us might experience a Neptune opposition later in life. Um, But for most of us, this Neptune square will be something that we really feel. Um, And I'm gonna wrap up here, but Neptune um, represents dreams, intuition, our inner mystic, faith in a higher power, the dissolution of our egos, and also spiritual transcendence. Um, so it's a time where the, the Neptune Square is a time where we're asked to kind of reassess our spiritual beliefs, the role that we play they play in our lives, um, and if that role is kind of positive and supportive or, or maybe a bit more challenging. Like if our spirituality makes us feel kind of guilty, um, then, then maybe there's something that needs to be... Shifted or reassessed. There, um, similarly, if our kind of spiritual beliefs or values tell us to be detached from our bodies or disengaged from life, then then and that's not serving us. <laughs> then maybe um, around this time, there's an opportunity to kind of like explore a new spiritual framework or a new um, way of thinking about kind of these intangible things. Um, Similarly, it can be a time to reflect on some of the dreams that have been fueling us for a really long time um, and decide if those are still the dreams that we want to be working toward. Um, You know, maybe for some of us, we were looking for, for some sort of Fame, or again, um, societal acceptance, respect. These can be, um, some of like the Saturnian words, um, that aren't bad, but but maybe we realize during this Neptune square that's actually not what matters to us anymore. Maybe um, living a more hermetic life does. Maybe um, just really striving for peace in our lives is something that we want to work toward. You know, maybe we still have big goals, but um, but they're not the same as they were before. Our dreams have shifted. The things that really, um, you know, feel good to us have have changed and evolved so allowing that to happen around that time um can be beneficial um also a really powerful time to forgive and and kind of move on from any unforgiveness we've been holding on to in that first 40 years of life so pluto square and uranus opposition might bring up some trauma might bring up some you know things from our childhood that that we haven't, you know, resolved, or we haven't healed from. Sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't realize how bad that was. <laughs> now I need to unpack that and heal and resolve that with like the Uranus opposition, the Pluto square. Um, and then Neptune comes along and says, once you've healed, um, it's time to forgive. It doesn't mean you forget. It doesn't mean that you don't hold strong boundaries, but just like forgive. So it no longer, um, you know, these things from the past no longer have so much weight in, in our lives and our experience and so on. So that's part of the, the experience of transcendence as well as transcendence through forgiveness and kind of putting the past to rest. Um, that was a lot of information. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so much to things. digest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So that all happens kind of all at once. Um and again it's like early 40s, but wanted to share it now because anyone in their 30s is going to be like working their way up to that. Mm-hmm. Um just like, you know, the Saturn return is a big kind of hallmark transit for people in their 20s. Um this like 36 to 43 phase there's a, a series of hallmark transits that happen. Um so good to
0: know about oh yeah yeah it's so interesting like my mom was like very spiritual like my whole life but you know I was thinking I was like when she was like 36 or 37 I was in high school and I thought she was like so weird because she was (laughs) always meditating and doing these like chants that I could hear and like just, you know, just like, the when you're talking about the Neptune uh, square or opposition um, and that being so, like, about, like, intuition and mysticism and stuff, like, I'm just, like, I just, like, felt like my mom come in and just be like, yeah, okay, I relate to that one. <laughs> and that was when I was, like, a teenager. Um So, yeah, very interesting. And I, yeah, I could really, I was like, oh, wow, that makes so much sense. Like, I have such a strong memory of that. And of course, that's exactly how I am now. But as a teen, I was like, oh, my God, my mom is so weird. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when I was
2: a teenager, my mom would wear um like pointy toed heels and those were not in fashion at the time. When ah. I was a teenager, it was the round toed <laughs> heels or nothing. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, You look like a witch. Those are witch shoes and I'm like what did I become? <laughs> <laughs> or the witch herself, you know. Yep. Um, But yeah, this would be a really interesting one for like parents and children too to think about how these transits line up um, because Mm -hmm. you might've been going going through like a Saturn opposition around that time. So you Mm -hmm. have like more of a Saturnian energy while she's like, Venus or and Neptune, and yeah,
0: <laughs> it's um, it's really interesting stuff. <laughs> it is. It's really cool, and it's cool how we can you know relate to each other this way. Of mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I
1: understand more. You know, it's cool. I really, I really love it. I know, I do too. It helps things make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just think it's a beautiful thing to look to the stars and the planets and this greater universe that we're a part of and and feel connected to it yeah and feel seen you know Mm -hmm. feel understood in a way Mm -hmm. oh my gosh Um, well i i have to ask because i'm a curious kitten yeah what what is what is in the stars for all of us in (laughs) the coming months and the new year yeah um
2: so next year we have some pretty big shifts coming one is that you know, Pluto is a very slow moving planet so it takes time to get through each sign and it's going to make a sign change next year moving oh. from Capricorn to Aquarius and it's going to bump back into Capricorn like it's going to kind of retrograde back and forth and do that little dance for a bit um, but when it moves into Aquarius this is a pretty big collectively felt shift um, so when we think of Pluto being power and Pluto being in Capricorn you know shadow Capricorn is very much a power over kind of energy um particularly when we think about um, you know maybe patriarchal power, maybe um, power going to um, people from certain, races um or you know even certain religions kind of depending on where we are what country we live in and so on um but typically we're looking at like power being held by a smaller group of people and withheld um from the masses in some mm-hmm. way when we're thinking about like shadow Pluto and Capricorn, whereas Aquarius is the sign of the masses of the people. This mm. is power to the people. <laughs> and so um, so that's kind of exciting to think about. Um, it doesn't mean that there won't be some challenging energies around Pluto and Aquarius as well. Um, Aquarius is a fixed sign, um, which means that it can get fixed, it can get set in its ways. Um, And so it's not uncommon to find, um, you know, politicians or even people who become kind of like authoritarian with strong Aquarian um, energies in their chart where it starts out about the people, but it kind of morphs or transforms mm. at some point um, into actually, I know the right way, like I have the answers, um, in which case we're again, moving into power over versus power to all. Um, so we could have kind of this this energy for a while where we're figuring out how do we work with Pluto and Aquarius um, you know how do we truly give power to everybody um to be who they want to be to live in the way that they want to live and so on but it should be more exciting and like energizing than not to have it move mm-hmm. into aquarius into this more social relational sign um and again the the idea of um you know all people being empowered to make their own choices to have their own beliefs and so on um is is something that i think is very compelling and exciting to people right now given that we have been um you know moving through a phase where certain um people in power have been trying to take power away from <laughs> from people yeah. who have previously had it. Um, I don't want to get like super political, but um, if you think about that concept, you can probably imagine a few ways in which it's, it's manifested in recent mm-hmm. years. Um, so again, that's something that could be pretty exciting coming next year. Um, Pluto is kind of the modern traditional outer limit of the solar system Um, originally it was saturn and then we found pluto and you're like okay that's the new outer limit but the new new one is sedna um, and she's also changing signs and sedna represents um a huge consciousness shift she is um you know a very evolutionary revolutionary energy she represents the boundary between the known and the unknown, um, between who we've been, what we've been doing, and what could be. And Sedna is also moving from an earth sign, from Taurus, um, which again, there's more of this emphasis on you know, the material world, maybe materialism is part of that, maybe um, you know, the positive side of Taurus is like the Earth Mother, but the, the, the challenging side is um, unconscious consumerism and trashing the Earth and, you know, needing more and more stuff. And mm-hmm. so um, so Sedna kind of leaving Taurus and um, she's, she's asking us to release our cling to maybe some of the stuff that we've held on to so tightly. Um, she's moving into Gemini next year, which is another social, social relational sign like Aquarius, Pluto moving into Aquarius. And so again, this is gonna be um I, I sense like a real revolution in the way that we relate to one another. Um, you know, Gemini's communication, maybe work, be writing some radically new narratives that completely change the face of the future. Um, again, thinking outside the box, the ability to um yeah to to just move away like. Earth is fantastic. Love Earth signs. I got a bunch of them in my chart, mm-hmm. um, but there can be some inertia. There can be some stuckness um, when we have a lot of planets in Earth signs. Um, whereas again, moving into air, things start to move a little bit. Um, there's the potential for more change. So so that feels exciting and compelling to me. Um, mm-hmm and Sedna will retrograde back into Taurus. So again, both Pluto and Sedna will be doing this little dance, but both of them are really encouraging us to to step into the future, um, holding on to some of the good stuff from the past, especially maybe like the ancient past, um, but with an open mind, um, trusting that things could truly be radically different than they were before. Um, And then since the nodes are like huge for me, mid next year, next summer, I think actually next July, um, the nodes will change signs um, from Taurus, the north node in Taurus and the south node in Scorpio to the north node in Aries and the south node in Libra. Um, And so that will be a bit of an energetic shift. Um, You know, Taurus has been, really fascinating place to have the north node because uranus that planet of change and liberation is in Taurus right now we've had some interesting interactions there um but when it moves into aries there's there's this warrior energy that we're going Mm. to be called into um aries is inspired aries fiery Aries is direct Aries is learning how to know itself and really honor its own truth. um, Even if that means standing alone sometimes and so that's going to be an energy we start to call in next year. I feel like it kind of um, offers a nice balance to some of these um, bigger planetary transits You know Pluto and Sedna moving into air signs that are more relational. Having the north node in Aries is going to remind us that the best way to enter into relationships is to really know who we are first, to mm. really claim that and get comfortable with that so that we can contribute our unique gifts, our unique selves to the collective in some way, to this collective change that's upon us. Um, so that that should be, you know, again, okay. kind of a, a supportive energy um, amidst some of these bigger long-term shifts we'll be undergoing. Um,
1: and yeah, there's more
2: stuff happening next year, but those are
1: some of the <laughs> big out. highlights. Oh, yeah. And if and if anyone wants to know what their year ahead is going to be, mm-hmm. you know who to book with.
2: Yeah. Astrology readings. Surprise.
1: Oh, yeah. Tell us, <laughs> everybody who's, who's going to want to work with you, what are your offerings? How do we get in touch with you?
2: Yeah. Um, so... My business is North Node Coaching and everything is just North Node Coach. So on Instagram and Facebook, I'm North Node Coach. Apparently, I'm going to get onto TikTok soon, which I haven't (sighs) done yet. It's great. It's exciting. We resisted
0: it, but it's really fun to be over there. Okay, cool.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm excited about it. I just like, um, again, like maybe some laziness there, but it's coming. Um, And then... (laughs) yeah my website is north no coach my email is dianette north no coach so those are all the ways you can reach me um I do all kinds of readings. I do birth chart readings with kind of this evolutionary emphasis. Um, I do relationship readings if if you want to look at again kind of the evolutionary call and karmic past of a relationship you're in, or even like a familial or group dynamic you're part of. We can look at um, the chart for for a family or for a group as well. Um, I do transit readings. So um, since we talk so much about transits today, if you're feeling like you're just going through it for um, a minute right now, or you have been for some time, we could always do a reading where we look at your birth chart, but also at the current transits, maybe you've got um, one or a couple of the bigger ones going on. Maybe again, some of these planets I've mentioned today are passing over significant planets or points in your birth chart. Um, And we can kind of um, work together to figure out what the evolutionary call of those transits is. Um, and I can also kind of share how long they should last. <laughs> so you can see that it's temporary and, and that these things um, aren't going to last forever and that there's, you know, easier or, or kind of more um, celebrated transits coming as well. Um, so, yeah, lots of different kinds of readings. Um, I do full year ahead readings if you want to dig into like a monthly look at what's going on um but yeah reach out to me check out my website you know i'm pretty flexible in the way you approach me so (laughs) i've had
0: a reading with diana and every person that i've referred to diana in our community always comes back and tells me how incredible the reading was so um i just really love working with diana because it's such actionable advice like I feel so empowered after learning from you I love your approach to astrology so thank you for taking the time today to teach us so much I'm feeling excited about looking back at my chart again with the the stuff you've taught us and reflecting on some of these
1: more um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Diana. You are truly the best and the shining star in the astrology world, so we're very grateful to have you Aww. on the show. <laughs>
2: Thank you. I appreciate that so much, and I think that was Boo saying goodbye too. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "I'm done. I need out of this room." It's <laughs> yeah, like two seconds away from the same, but um, but yeah, and I'll also share all of like the ages and these transits with you, so that you guys can um, share those in the information on the podcast in case people want to refer back to that. Because I know I talked a lot <laughs> and some oh, of you're ages. Brilliant. Yeah, kind of. Lots Brilliant! So again, thank you guys. Thanks to all the listeners, and yeah, thank you to Saturn Return for making this podcast. <laughs> yes, shout out
0: sponsored <laughs> by sponsored by <laughs> Saturn Return. <laughs> I love
1: that.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, um, we'll we'll cut it here. We're gonna do a little intro and outro for, for the episode, but um, we'll put all of your info in the show notes. It's gonna be. Episode one hundred and one. It's going to be this upcoming Monday. It'll drop, and we'll tag you in the clips we make, and mm-hmm. and thank you so much again. Thank you, hey, thank you. I didn't realize that you guys don't do repeat folks very often, so
2: I feel very honored, and also yeah. like no pressure unless it feels aligned in the future. So
0: yeah, <laughs> no, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so happy to have you on again. Like everyone. The last time you were on we had so many people reach out to us and tell us how much they learned. So they're gonna mm-hmm. love to see you back. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. Cool.
2: Well, thanks, you guys. Oh, <laughs> thank you.
1: Wow. I just love learning from Diana. I could listen to her every day. I know. This feels like if if we were at Hogwarts mm, and mm-hmm. we took the astrology class yes. from the most world renowned professor
0: <laughs> This would be see- it diana looking very regal in her hogwarts robes yes i feel like that would be a vibe i feel like it would fit and i see her with an owl absolutely be- i oh my god i was picturing in my mind i'm like and her owls like perched behind uh-huh. her as she teaches mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well enjoy your little trip i hope you enjoyed your little trip to hogwarts as much as i did professor wesley I, you know, I just watched... Well, anyways, we'll do this at the time. We <laughs> just watched Secrets of Dumbledore, finally. Um, but we'll get into that another time. Okay. <laughs> this was a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful episode. Thank you again to Diana. Make sure you follow her on Instagram, at North Node Coach. She shares so much about the current astrology going on. I love getting her astrology updates and just always learning from her. Um, and book a reading with her if you feel inspired to. it's She's so helpful, so inspiring. And don't forget, we have a couple fun things you can join. The coven, our our coven meets twice a month around the new and full moon to meditate and do a ritual together. It's mm-hmm. so powerful and fun. Our next uh moon ritual coming up is for the new moon in Sagittarius. We'll be meeting on Uh, Wednesday November 22nd so there's still time to join us for that plus you get to um, join us in our magical discord community and connect with other wonderful people who are also interested in the moon cycles and witchy things and crystals and astrology and all that fun stuff Plus, just
1: sharing everyday life. It's so fun. It's so much fun. If you are looking for a witchy community and you want to hang out with us twice a month doing spells and meditations and just feeling really connected Mm -hmm. to yourself and really embracing and honoring your witchcraft practice even if you are just curious and you've never done it before we welcome beginners we love brand new beginners mm-hmm. we were brand new beginners not that long ago mm-hmm. we are the witches for brand new witches yes so um that's the coven and then there's one other space that you can join us in oh my gosh the psychic circle we just launched the psychic
0: circle and if you're listening to this early in the week when this comes out you can join the psychic circle and attend our first live call. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's always replays available, so you don't need to worry about that. But the Psychic Circle is our new space for intuitive and psychic development. Last week, we had a really wonderful episode all about intuition and how we know that you, yes, you can be psychic too if you choose to develop those gifts. So make sure you check out that episode if you haven't yet. And we would love to have you join us in the Psychic Circle meeting twice a month for workshops and masterclasses and live practice sessions with us. Uh, Plus, connecting with other people within the community who are also focusing on developing their own intuition, and even psychic abilities. So we'd love to see you there. Um, all the information is in our show notes. And we're so
1: excited for our first Psychic Circle meeting this Friday. I know. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I love that we have a space for witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And we have a space for intuition and psychic abilities. Mm-hmm. Feels so really good. jump into both worlds. Jump into one Um, They're both just monthly memberships. You can Mm -hmm. try it for a month, see how you like it. And we just want you to do what brings you joy and makes you happy. And I will say that people in our coven really love the (laughs) covet
0: yeah (laughs) and so do we (laughs) it's so fun coming together in that group energy is just we realized our favorite thing ever so we're focusing on more opportunities to come on live calls with us to Mm -hmm. work with magic to uh develop you know intuitive gifts because our intuition is what we have all of this to thank for following our intuition trusting our intuition yes because we'll tell you every step of the way our ego said what the fuck do you think you're doing Yeah. Um, but our intuition said no, you guys can be psychic witches for for, you know, for a, a life. career, for a life,
1: <laughs> for a life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fine. You'll figure it out and here we are, right? So there's so much for you to uncover and discover and create when you trust your own intuition and we're so excited to support you in that. And sh- thank you so much. Well, oh, follow us on social media <laughs> at God at I am Sadie Olson. I'm at Juliet.piper. We, we're so grateful for you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for everything. <laughs> Bye. Bye.